Hello, and welcome back to The Form Review. Today, we'll be looking at the 2021 film, Godzilla vs. Kong. Now sit back, relax, grab your drinks. Let's talk about this movie. What's up, y'all, and welcome back to The Form Review. This is Season 4, Episode 3, and I thank you all for tuning in once again. On today's episode, I will be analyzing the newest monster film, Godzilla vs. Kong, along with giving my thoughts on the monster universe as a whole, and additionally, I will be giving an update to my movie collection, so stay tuned. So I was able to get Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and also Thor Ragnarok earlier this week to finally complete my MCU upgrade to 4K. However, a lot of these Marvel Cinematic Universe films are not true 4K as they have the 2K Digital Intermediate. So as I talked about in a previous episode, 4K has a 3840 by 2160 resolution ratio, which has a 1.79 to 1 aspect ratio. However, with the mass amount of films that have been released on UHD, most productions are still finishing them at a 2K resolution and then upscaling them to 4K. For example, Wonder Woman was filmed with 4K, but it was mastered using 2K equipment. And this is called the Digital Intermediate, which is then upscaled to 4K in theaters and for watching at home. So a big question that I always get is that why do I continue to buy these movies in 4K if 2K is what they're made in? Well, the main reason is, is that no matter what if a movie is filmed at a higher resolution than the end result the image is going to be crisper and clearer and more detailed than an image that is natively shot in 2k and the biggest reason why they don't do 4k digital intermediates is mostly because of time and money rendering for these 4k movies takes months at a time when they're filmed when they're finished in 4k and this also includes 2k visual effects which are then upscaled to match the rest of the content and this can cost a lot of money and studios don't really have that or they prefer to spend it elsewhere. And sometimes budget and time allowing films are finished in a 4K digital intermediate like Black Panther. However, the majority of effect heavy films go through this 2K bottleneck during post-production because of the cost. If you look at Avengers Endgame, it supposedly had a budget of more than $350 million before marketing costs were factored in. And of that $350 million, roughly $100 million of that went to visuals and special effects alone and had the film been finished in a 4k digital to me instead of the 2k one it was you can definitely bet that the budget would have been significantly higher so again if all of this imagery is put on 2k and all the special effects have been rendered in 2k why not just be honest about it and then release the film in quote-unquote 2k why claim that they're 4k when they're not well we actually don't have 2k viewing at home at least technically 1080p is close but it is still slightly less than 2k and honestly, most people don't really care about the pixel count of an image and most can't really tell the difference. The main difference really between a Blu-ray and the Ultra HD disc is the high dynamic range or HDR video that gives a better perception of the quality of the picture. So in regard to the MCU specifically, and correct me if I'm wrong, 
but the only one that is arguably true 4K is Black Panther. The rest of the upgrades may not have been needed. So again, the question is why did I spend the money to upgrade? Well, that's because 4K will be the best version of the film. Additionally, it also didn't cost me very much as I found sales and I used Disney Movie Insiders, which gave me a good amount of them absolutely free. So I didn't spend much on these movies. In actuality, I cost me less than $5 a movie to upgrade. So that price upgrading to fake 4K honestly is worth it. For $20 or more, probably not. I don't really know for all of these movies, but we'll see. So one slight update that I found out about HBO Max and streaming since the last episode is that they did put out information of what you would need to get 4K HDR with Dolby Atmos. So these were the things that were already listed. You needed a 4K HDR TV that displays Dolby Vision or HDR 10. You obviously need a Dolby Atmos capable sound system and then you need a supported 4K device. And right now that's only on Amazon devices, Android televisions, Apple TV, Google Chromecast, Roku devices, and Xfinity X1. Now for me, I personally use it on my Xbox Series X, so I don't have it via that even if I wanted to. But the biggest thing is that they finally released is the internet speeds. So you need 25 megabytes per second or higher, and they recommend that you have actually more than 50 megabytes per second, which is extremely higher than Disney Plus and also Netflix. So most likely, again, unless you have really good internet, you aren't getting true 4K that way. So additionally, as I discussed in the last episode, I was able to get the remastered Batman vs Superman Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition. And if you didn't hear that episode, basically what happened was Warner Brothers allowed Snyder to revisit and restore this version of the movie, which has IMAX footage in it. Now I've now watched it and here are my quick thoughts on it. Man, I really wish the entire movie was like those IMAX sequences. They were extremely impressive and really give the movie a more cinematic feel. It doesn't really change my thoughts about the movie itself, but it's definitely a huge upgrade over the previous 4K. It really hasn't looked any better. And frankly, I mean, the aspect ratio on this one bothered me less than it did on Justice League. I'm not sure why, maybe I was just prepared for it, I don't know. But it bothered me less and I really enjoyed those IMAX sequences, especially the one when you first see the nightmare sequence, when you see the Batman walking up over the landscape. Man, that looked beautiful. That was freaking amazing. And I really wish that we could have seen more of that in full crispy IMAX, which definitely gets me excited for the Justice League 4K disc because I mean, the entire movie is pretty much shot like that. So I'm pretty excited for that. Even I have issues with that movie too. But anyway, now onto the movie at hand. So let's sit back, relax, grab your drinks. Let's talk about this movie. So before I get into anything, I do want to preface this episode with a slight spoiler warning for all the movies that I do talk about. I will try to keep things fairly vague so not to ruin the movie for you. However, if you care about spoilers and you don't want to hear anything, I would stop and go watch the movie first and then you come back in here so you understand what I have to say about everything. But if you don't care about that, keep listening. Also, 
I know I talk about this at the end, but the data shows that most people don't listen to that part, so I want to talk about it here and reiterate the importance of leaving reviews on your favorite subscription services. I do read those because I do want to grow because these episodes are really for all you listeners out there, and I want to keep this entertaining. So what do you want to hear? Do you want to hear games? Do you want to hear more of the 4K stuff? Do you want to hear me talk about a certain movie? If you want to come on and talk to me about something for you want to debate, I'm always open to do stuff like that so you can always reach out to me on social media i always want to grow and improve and just because something works doesn't mean that it cannot be improved so if there's something that you want me to improve on let me know and i will grow as such anyway godzilla vs kong is a monster film directed by adam wingard it is the direct sequel to godzilla king of monsters from 2019 and 2014's godzilla and 2017's kong skull island it takes place after the former two and many years after Kong's first outing. It is the fourth film in Legendary's MonsterVerse, and it is also the 36th film in the Godzilla franchise, the 12th film in the King Kong franchise, and then overall the fourth American-made Godzilla film. Now, I'm not gonna go into my thoughts on all of the films of the franchises individually because there's a lot of them, but generally speaking though, a lot of them are typical monster movies. There are a few standouts such as the original King Kong and then the Peter Jackson version of the story and some of the original Godzillas, but I'm going to focus mainly on this specific monster first, and I'm going to go chronologically starting with Skull Island. Now, when I originally saw this movie, I didn't think it was that great. I actually was not a fan of it. Going back and rewatching this prior to seeing this movie, I still think that the sole good thing about this movie is the visuals. Kong is huge and he looks great. They put a lot of effort into the details of this character. However, I wasn't the biggest fan of Kong standing on two legs as it, at least in this film, made it feel like he was more of a Bigfoot than a really giant gorilla. However, it, it did look better than the 1976 version of the film, but that doesn't say much. Outside of Kong, this movie is just this weird, odd mashup of a war and monster film. Frankly, it has bad editing at times, such as one moment one guy's lying down, and then in the next scene, he's walking away from it. The music is also oddly placed as when somebody turns on the radio and an upbeat song plays, even when people died in the prior scene. And this happens a lot of times in the movie. I will say the cast is impressive as people, but their dialogue is pretty terrible. Some are given backstories, but they don't really add very much. And frankly, some of the characters' choices are fairly random and are honestly kind of questionable. Somehow Tom Hiddleston's character has samurai training. There's no real protagonist in this story to root for. You obviously want the characters to survive, but that's it. On the rewatch, I still thought that I hope that these actors make it, but if they don't, I'm okay with that. I don't really care. Kong as a character is giant ape that can pretty much do whatever giant ape would be able to do. He destroys almost everything in his path that he deems a threat, and this does allow for some really cool and decent action sequences. However, that doesn't do much if nothing else is working. But if one is about an action of the film and not character development, this is a perfect film for that. So fast forward to 2014 when Godzilla makes the first appearance in this universe. So when it comes to the overall monsterverse, this film in no doubt in my mind is the best in the franchise and that includes the newest film, but I'll get into that in a little bit. This film, while it has the most character development, has only enough for audience to get invested, which is something that none of the other films do have at all. The acting I will say isn't great by the two main stars outside of Bryan Cranston, but then, well, yeah, 
However, this movie has an amazing style that holds it apart from all the others. Godzilla isn't only this monster film, rather it's a film that is around Godzilla and has Godzilla in it. He is a powerhouse and that's honestly what upset a lot of people, which I do get. But however, that's what keeps me invested in a story. It's the characters involved and that includes Godzilla. You don't have to show a character just fighting the entire time, especially when they have little to no backstory, which again, how am I supposed to care about these characters that are just huge CGI monsters? Why should I care about them? They need to give me reason to do that. And this film does. And I think that that's something that a lot of the other films don't really do. So in the sequel, honestly, I could care to less about any of the characters, including Godzilla. And that's because the studio responded from fans who wanted more Godzilla and more Monster Mile. But then they ended up making it probably the cheesiest film in the entire franchise. Yes, it has all of those Godzilla scenes and more monster battles, but that's all. It honestly doesn't separate itself from a movie like Dragon Wars. It has big monsters fighting each other, and that's it. There's nothing really to care about. You don't care about the citizens on the ground. You don't care about the quote-unquote characters. Not really even the monsters. It's just really all it's there is just show these monsters fighting each other, and then that's it. Which, I mean, again, similar to Kong Skull Island, if that's something that all you want in a movie, that's fine, but that's not a good story. That's not a good movie. It's a good popcorn, turn your mind off type of movie, but what is there? Nothing aside from that. It basically just becomes comparable to the Transformers movie. So now on to the newest film, and I will say this at the beginning of the analysis. It's not the worst film in the franchise. I will give my ranking at the end though. So this film stars Alexander Skarsgård, Millie Bobby Brown, Rebecca Hall, Brian Tyree Henry, Shun Oguri, Elsa Gonzalez, Julian Dennison, Lance Reddick, Kyle Chandler, and Demian Bitcher. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing any of those names. In the film, Kong clashes with Godzilla as humans lure the ape into the hollow earth to retrieve a power source for a weapon to stop Godzilla's mysterious rampages. So in short, if you're looking for scenes of big, huge, ginormous creatures fighting each other and knocking over buildings, you're gonna be absolutely giddy for this movie. It does its job perfectly in that aspect. It is an absolutely perfect monster movie. However, it does that and nothing more. Now, prior to this movie being released, people were putting out memes and joking that this movie would be comparable to Batman vs Superman. But here's the thing, Batman vs Superman is a better film, and here's why. That film establishes the two main characters as exactly that, characters. This movie does not. So if one is looking for anything more or better, you're not going to find it. It does touch on movie concerns of pre-COVID beards such as alien beings, artificial intelligence, civic chaos, all that. And there's also some environmentalist ideas that attempt to give the movie drama. And it tries to make these huge titans that in the prior films were shown to be good guys and we should sympathize for them. And here in this movie, we should have some reason to pity them that they're fighting each other. Now the problem is they don't really do that well. The debate of this film in the story is, would you want to live in a world which at any possible moment, a monster might come that destroy your city, your home, your livelihood, all the places and people and things you love? Or would you rather live in a world without monsters? From a realistic point of view, 
the answer is pretty obvious. However, the movie then tries to get the audience to decide on letting these creatures live. And that concept can only go so far. And the problem is that if Godzilla and Kong are the good guys, why would the audience care about them fighting each other? They wouldn't. And it's not about that, honestly. It's about these action sequences. And frankly, those are the highlights of this movie. But in terms of story, the film has very little. The only performance, which is honestly odd to talk about with a movie like this, is Kaylee Hottie as a little deaf girl who can communicate with Kong with sign language. I would say that their relationship was the most believable out of anyone else's here. If they had given that a little bit more story, aside from just little lines of dialogue here and there, it could have been a much better film. And everything else is pretty much fighting. And like Batman vs Superman, the wrong entities are fighting each other. And that's not even a spoiler because that was given away in the first trailer, which I did note in my trailer reaction. You can go back and rewatch that. But the film struggles on story, direction, characters, the message. But its details on the action sequences are pretty good. And if that's all that one is looking for in a movie, Godzilla vs Kong hits every one of those marks. But if somebody's looking for more, it barely has any power to do anything besides being exactly what you think a movie about Godzilla fighting King Kong would be. Frankly, it's perfect for that, but that's all it's perfect for. For any lasting effect, it's a severely poorly made film. So before I finish off this episode, here's my ranking of the MonsterVerse. Number four, it's the King of Monsters. Number three, Kong Skull Island. Number two, Godzilla vs Kong. And number one, is Godzilla. Now there's a huge discrepancy between number one and the rest, but that's my ranking. Now what did you think of the movie and where does it stand in your ranking? Let me know. Hit me up on social media. The formal review is on Facebook, Twitter, and the gram, and also YouTube. The handle's all the same. It's at the formal review. And for anyone who has supported me on a financial basis, I thank you very much for supporting me in that way. For anyone who wants to support, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash the minus sign formal minus sign review and click support this podcast and any donation is appreciated. Thank you all again for tuning in. And until next time, watch your hands hands, get vaccinated, and wear your mask. And I'll see you at the movies. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Formal Review. Cheers, and we'll see you next time.